The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hi there. Welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Denise Lynn is our guest today. She has devised a 28-day plan to discovering your authentic self. She has been called America's best-kept secret, though she's taught seminars all around the world to standing-only audiences. And, you know, having her own near-death experience when she was younger and having received revelations from the other side after that and having received a healing from a gunshot wound put her there. So she has now become one of the world's respected leaders and writers and teachers. She's the author of 16 books, including the best-selling Sacred Space and Soul Coaching as well as the popular Past Lives, Present Miracles. Her books have been translated into 26 languages, and she's been a featured guest on several of the world's uh, you know, best-known radio and TV shows, um, Lifetime, The Discovery Channel, Oprah, BBC TV, NBC, CBS. She's also the founder of the Soul Coaching International Institute. So welcome, Denise, to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. Oh, we're we're looking forward to it. I when you when I read that you had uh, a couple of years back created a 28 day plan to discovering your authentic self, I knew I had to get in touch with you because that's what this show is all about. Uh, so you you are you create ways and show people ways to tap into that that kind that place inside that's authentic. Is that uh, Absolutely, and I've got uh-huh. lots of people helping me do that, and and uh, you know I've written my own book about it, and I've also just really that's just sort of a mission for me, and I know that mm. our listening audience really is uh, very interested in that because I hear back from them, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm so glad it's one of my favorite topics ever. Great, perfect. So we can just get you set up and go. All right. Well, let me let me ask you this. You talk in the in the very first part of the book about initiating your grand adventure and clearing inner debris. So those are two different things, but kind of similar. So let's talk <laughs> about the grand adventure first. We'll tell. What do you mean when you say a grand adventure? Because I know there's people out there listening right now and so can say, "Is this is my adventure really?" <laughs> so, well, um, it's a grand adventure of the. Soul. And what I mean by that is it's so easy to get caught up in everyday life. You know, the groceries, the kids, the, you know, the, I don't know, fixing the refrigerator, that kind of stuff, work. Um, but every once in a while, at least once in a lifetime, it's valuable to take some time off to really take an inward journey. And, and, what this 28-day program does, it's, it's carefully crafted so someone can actually do it in 10 minutes a day. 
and that, I mean, they can spend longer, but, but it's, it's so no matter how busy someone is, that they can actually take some time to begin to, to look inside. Who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? And like, I'm sure this is what you talk about with, with the people who are your listeners is if you do not answer those questions, no matter how good your life looks to everybody else, it's not fulfilling if you don't know the answers to those very heartfelt questions. Yeah. On a conscious level, too, I think it's really important to, I mean, you know, we might have a sense of our mission or our, uh, even a sense of self, but if we don't really consciously experience it, then it's almost kind of like you could say, well, what good is it? Yeah, so it's just taking taking time, and at the completion of the 28-day program, I suggest that people go on a kind of a quest, and, and the quest is based on the Native American tradition of um, and it's usually something that uh, someone does as they're moving into adulthood, but it's taking time in solitude to really ask the Creator. Native Americans say, "Ask Great Spirit," you know, Great Mystery. Why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? But we don't have those kind of traditions in Western culture. So it's a, it's in many ways, the 28-day program is a. Uh, kind of a preparation for that time it's like it's like a, a dirty vase you know and you clean it all out but then you have to put some flowers in it to make it just pop so the quest in nature usually i suggest in nature not everyone can do that so you can have a home quest is after you've done all this emptying and clearing and examining then you begin to just open to spirit open to those answers yeah i'm reminded of that uh parable that jesus as you're talking about that clearing and and what goes back in there of the parable that Jesus used about um, if if you take seven demons out of the house and you don't put something else in there, then so the seven demons will come back and bring their buddies. Oh, I never heard that before. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it's kind of like that. You you clear out all the you clear it all out, but you need to fill it with something. So so there is a designated time. And I actually wrote a book called Quest that gives lots of. Uh, and no one needs to get that book, but but it is if they do want to really move into that idea of quest. I led vision quest for years, and in alignment with my tribe, the Cherokee tribe, and the Native American traditions, I've I've spent time in. So it, it, it it's something very close to my heart that that just you know emptying, clearing, clutter clearing. We do a lot of physical clutter clearing in this 28 day program too, because it's almost like. Clutter clearing is kind of like an alchemy. It's the strangest and most wondrous thing. It's literally when you clear out that physical clutter, it seems to have an effect on that inner clutter inside of someone. I totally agree. There are times when I'm I'm, I'm also a psychotherapist, so there's times when a client will come in for like two weeks running or something and say, I'm just stuck, I'm just stuck. And I say, go home and clean out a closet. And they come You're back in the next week and they're the like, best things you can do. Yeah, yeah ready to go. Yep. It's like the yep. human psyche responds to symbolic acts of the symbolic act of literally clearing out one aspect or one area of the home it has such a profound effect on that inner, that home that dwells within, within us. I guess that's why feng shui works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like why? Yeah. You shift something and then you get more abundance or you get the job or, or things get better in life. It doesn't make sense from a very logical point of view, but if you understand how that human psyche, it needs, we've, we've done ceremony ever since we were in cavemen and cavewomen that we, we respond to ceremony and to ritual and it is kind of like a ceremony. It's saying, 
you know, I'm ready to move to the next step. I'm ready to let go of the old. And often the reason people keep that clutter is out of fear. You know, I have enough now, but in the future I might need it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we hold on to that stuff, don't we? Well, you know, one of the things you also said that I really, really liked was that this effort um, with, in terms of trying to discover the authentic self was all about aligning the inner spiritual life with the outer life. And I, I really, I can't even say how much I totally agree with that because it, it is all about congruence, isn't it? Well, it is because otherwise there's a wobble. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a bicycle with the flat. You know, it just, it's hard to stay upright if you are not congruent with, you know, the outer and the inner. And so sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we, you know, we have people in our life that, well, you know, I've been friends with them forever and, you know, they're, or whatever, you know, they're married, this guy's married to my husband's daughter's wife or husband, I don't know. (laughs) But we have this idea that we have to have these people in our life. But sometimes when you grow, the people that that um, seem to love you the most are the people that kind of hold you back the most. So sometimes you have to make choices and to be congruent with who they, who you are within you is to have the, the home, the people, the, you know, whatever you do in the outer world, to have that be in harmony or in alignment with who you are within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, yeah, we do tend to people our lives out of our conscious knowledge of ourselves. So we... You know, if we're not really living in an authentic self, then we people our lives out of that inauthenticity. And if we're living authentically, then we people our lives from that. Tina, I think our life in no small way, and our destiny even, is determined by the five people we spend the most amount of time with. Wow. And, and so it's really interesting to look and actually list who are the five people I spend the most amount of time with. Am I supported by these individuals? Do they believe in my dreams? Do I feel better after having left them? If there's someone that you consistently feel bad when you leave or depleted or, or you know, depressed, that's probably not one of the best people to, to spend time with because that will literally affect your destiny. And some people say, well, how can I get these friends? Well, the fastest way to get someone, a great friend, who's going to just allow you to skyrocket with your dreams and your hopes and your joy and your love is to be the kind of friend that you want. Mm-hmm. Makes it real easy. So you just have to say, who do I need to be to attract those kind of friends? And sometimes we have to make some inner shifts. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's where we're aligning again that inner spiritual life and with the outer life. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one more thing I want to get before we get to the break, which we, we will have in just a couple of minutes. Um, you said that the soul gives rise to form, and I really love that sort of, at least a part in part, a definition of the soul. But I want to, if you will, take just a few minutes to tell us, what is the soul? You know, I, I love, in Native American tradition, they say great mystery. They say it's the unknowable. So... In, in some ways, it's a bit presumptuous of me to say, this is what the soul is, but I can tell you what it is for me. The soul to me is my essence. It's that part of me that has always been and will always be. It's infinite, immortal, eternal, universal. It is forever, and it's my core. So I, you know, and I get, I would hesitate to say the soul is, but that's what the soul is to me. That's what my soul is to me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any one of us can have the have the definitive of anything for anybody, actually. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I, I like that definition because when you say the core, you're really talking about who we are as our deepest selves, and uh, I think I think we agree that that's the definition of the authentic self. You know, and, and it's that part that that it. It doesn't age. You know, so many people, when they identify their self with their body, you know, well, the body ages, they feel like they are older, they are less than. Or if they lose, some people identify their sense of self with their money. Those are the people that would run into a burning building to save their jewels because mm-hmm. in that moment their identity isn't their, their body, it's their money. Some people's identity is their relationships. You know, they, they identify themselves as a mother or as a wife or as a husband or a father. But when you begin to move, but then something, you know, you, you lose your child, your husband divorces you, what happens to your identity? But if you move to identify with that place inside of you that is light and bright and, and it, it, it doesn't change form, it doesn't age, it's not a relationship to someone it is it is an essence of being then um if you continue to keep that alignment there's you only will be in a place of of joy and connection okay well we're going to talk some more about what that means and how we can actually access that when we come right back from the break stay tuned for more from denise lynn The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa. Our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful, cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make. Our Sacred Journey airs live Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Denise Lynn about 28 days to discovering your authentic self. I'm in the meandering mode here, but it comes from what's called mirror neurons. And it's so fascinating to me about mirror neurons. It's fairly new discovery in, in neuroscience. But we are actually programmed for rapport. And mirror neurons means that if someone starts nodding their head, have you ever noticed how you start nodding your head or someone yawns and you yawn, that we are actually programmed to do that, and and it's um, when I train coaches, it's one of the techniques that I talk to them about is this idea of rapport and, and creating a sense of connection, and and it's something that pretty much everybody does except if they're autistic or have Asperger's or somewhere in that autism spectrum. Those people don't usually have developed mirror neurons, so... Um, Anyway, I'm meandering here. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Back? That's fine. Thank you for helping me out there. Um, yeah, I, I think the uh, yes, we do. We do have that capacity to really relate because at base we are one. Isn't that right? Well, it is, and I think the challenge is remembering it. And and mm-hmm. I I don't know what your take on this is, but for me, when I've looked, I've been teaching for 43 years. So when I look at the things that I teach. I am really clear that the only person I'm really teaching is me, and I'm teaching what I need to learn. So when I'm teaching about being authentic, that's my journey, because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to um, try to fit people's or meet people's expectations rather than tapping in and saying, actually, I don't want to do that, or actually, I believe this way. And, um, and, and that's hard. So I... I, I look carefully and, and listen carefully to what, I, what I'm teaching because almost always it's what my journey is and what I'm learning. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So, okay, so you came to your understanding or at least partial understanding about the soul and about your own journey after you had a near-death experience. Would you mind sharing some of that with us? I did. I had a... Uh, uh, what's called a near-death experience that was so dramatic, it literally, it literally changed the course of my life. And and I was young when it happened. I was only 17, and I was so excited because I had a little motorbike and I'd worked really hard at the the florist shop in the you know in the back digging you know digging in the dirt to pay it at a dollar and a quarter an hour to to pay for this motorbike. And so I was so excited, and I'd had it for a few months. And I took it out on a little country road. And I lived in Ohio, and it was just summertime in August. And the corn was high, and I was just really happy. And uh, what I didn't know is I was being followed by a man. Um, and he was, actually, he wasn't from the area. I didn't know him, and I hadn't done anything to him. But actually, he had um, had actually killed a number of women. He was one of those guys. And I hadn't didn't know anything about it. I'm just putzing along, and suddenly he hit the gas, and he... 
he ran, he just rammed into my motorbike, and I kind of flew off the motorbike, skidded across the road to the side of the road, and I was in shock. I couldn't believe that somebody would have hit me, because it was obvious it hit me on purpose, because I knew I hadn't done anything. And as I'm laying on the side of the road, I watched him turn around, and I'm thinking, oh, he's coming back to help me. But instead, he rolled down his window, and he pulled out a gun. And this was, it was 1967, and it was, you know, Ohio farming community. People just didn't pull out guns, you know, towards other people. I was, I couldn't understand it. And then he, I heard this loud explosion, and he shot me. Oh, my um, gosh. Then I heard, well, there was more to the story, but I'll cut to the chase. Um, in the hospital, I was still conscious, and I was in a lot of pain. And suddenly, I found myself being pulled out of my body, it felt like I was inside this soft black bubble, and as if that bubble burst, I found myself, now my parents were scientists, so this was very different than anything I'd ever even conceived of, because they weren't religious, they were atheists, they were, you know, they were chemists, and and they said, you you cannot prove it, it does not exist, and I believe that way too, because that was what I was grown up with, but all of a sudden there was this amazing light and music and love and and I just I didn't seem to have a body I seemed to be infused in this glorious golden luminous light love music and what was amazing was everybody everybody who'd ever lived was there and this is it doesn't make sense but we were all one but we were individual and there was nothing that wasn't love. There was no, like, here, I love you, you love me, but we're separate. It, mm-hmm. it was just, and, and it was familiar. It was like I was home, and it made my life seem like a dream. And then there was this golden river of light, and I thought, well, if I can get across that river, I'm never going back. I'm home. And about halfway through, I felt like I got roped. People say that was your astral cord. I don't know about that, but I felt like I got roped. And I was aware of a voice saying, you have to go back. It's not your time now. And I got yanked back into my body. And that body was really damaged. I lost a spleen, a kidney. I still have a hole through my spine. A good part of my lung was gone, my good part of my stomach, my small intestines. There was damage from the gunshot wound and from being hit by the car. And um, my adrenal gland was taken out. A lot of damage was done, but amazingly, I healed so quickly. I was out of the hospital in just a number of days. But I think that what happened on that other side was something got ignited inside of me, a life force, a remembering. Mm -hmm. And since that time, in every seminar I do, I am working to create a context within which the people in that seminar can have that same life force healing activated energy that that we all have, it's just maybe covered up a little bit, can be ignited in them. And I am just talking so much, and I am so sorry. No, I'm so glad you're talking so much. I really appreciate you going into the depth you went into for that story because, and for the fact that you are trying to teach other people how to do that without them having to have that near-death yeah. experience. Yeah, because I really do think that's what it's all about. Not everybody should have to ha- nearly die before they can remember what we've well, it, all forgotten. It, it kind of, see, the, the, the image I have is it's, it's like each of us has an ember, 
inside of us, and it's an ember of remembering where we've come from, remembering who we are. But it gets kind of covered up with a lot of ash, and it seemed to me that when I was on that other side, it was like, I call it the warm winds of heaven, but it was like some of that ash got blown off that ember, and it became a flame, and it wasn't a big roaring fire. It was a tiny flame, but it was a flame enough that it activated the healing ability within me. It activated the ability. I began to see auric fields around things. I began to hear things other people didn't hear. But I think we all have that ability. I think I know that in the core of my being, and I know there's ways to get there without dying because it's not up in the stars, up in the heavens. It's here now. It's a that place that we call home or heaven or the happy hunting grounds, my mother called it. It's, it's here. It's just like there's radio stations, lots of them, but it's just finding the dial. And, and when we find the dial, we can tune into jazz or classical or the authentic living show. But, but finding that dial that tunes in to where those... The, that ash moves off that ember, and that ember becomes a flame. That feels like my mission, and I've taught a lot of things over 43 years, but the, underneath it all is that same, it's the same thing I'm teaching. It's creating an energy context where we can remember who we are and tap Absolutely. into that authentic living place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and, and I do think that is so connected. People tend to think, well, the authentic self is one thing and the soul is something else. And then the, then there's the spirit. And then I'm like, wait, that's too many divisions. <laughs> I don't want to, I just, we're, we are one thing. And, you know, we, we are either, we either remember who we are or we don't. And, uh, I'm, that's really simple, but that's how I think about it. Yeah, and, and for me, it's not it's not like you get there and you're there. For me personally, maybe for some people, they get there and they're there. I mean, all, all I have to do is have someone cut me off in traffic, and I've completely forgotten. You know, and it's but I think it's okay. It's like you just you forget and you remember, and you forget and you remember. And if you remember enough, pretty soon the remembering starts to be a little bit longer than the forgetting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. kind of like the old. It's probably all digital now, but the old film where there would be a picture, and then there's not a picture, and a picture, and not a picture. Mm-hmm. And the way we perceive it is as we don't see the blanks in between each of the little photo shots, you know, in the, in the film. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that. So you start going so fast that it it'll look to the world like you're there all the time, but it's just um, you're forgetting and remembering faster. Right. So I said before the break that we were going to talk about how you could access uh, this soul, this authentic self, and I, I don't want to give everybody the impression that you have to nearly die first or get shot. <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk about that after this next break. We are going to talk about exactly how a person can do that. And one of the things I want to spend some time, we don't have time for it now because we're about to take a break, but um, one of the things I really want to talk about is this clearing the inner debris and that along with the idea of putting our needs before everyone else's because those two things seem to be contradictory to a lot of people and I want to just really sort of explore that so we're going to take a break right now and we'll come back in just a few minutes to talk some more to Denise Lynn about 28 days to discovering your authentic self stay tuned This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
ever ask yourself, Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What do I do next? Life energies are based on the chakras, and this is the foundation of holistic healing. Find the balance in your life by tuning in to Healing Possibilities with your host, Tracy Makarenko. Through engaging guests and Tracy's spiritual guidance, each week we'll explore a different modality of healing designed to help you find peace and wholeness. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today again to Denise Lynn about her book, uh, Soul Coaching, Discovering 28 Days to Discovering Your Authentic Self. And uh, what I wanted, wanted to talk about during this time is how we can begin to access, and I wanted to sort of get a little practical here. Um, I would encourage the readers to, to find your book and read it because it's a very good read and it does help people to really get in touch. So, okay, clearing the inner debris is something you talked about in the first of the book, the, uh, the debris. Uh, and you f- talked about that in the first of the book, and then you talked about putting your own needs before everyone else's. Now, a lot of people would think those are two contradictory things because we tend to believe that if we're putting ourselves before everyone else, we are being selfish, which is the debris we need to clear. So can you help us with that? What do you mean by inner debris? <laughs> um, well, one of by inner debris, I mean those decisions, beliefs, and judgments that you've adopted along the way that that do not serve you or, or sometimes, you know, we'll grow up with a negative belief about who we are. Maybe our great aunt said, boy, are you clumsy. And then we kind of take that on, like, oh, I'm clumsy. And what happens is when you have a limiting belief about yourself, it actually begins to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, you believe that's who you are. Yeah, I'm a clumsy person. So sometimes it's just a matter of of going in and ferreting out those beliefs like, am I really clumsy? Is that really true? And if it's not true, adopting a new belief. Hey, I'm a pretty gracious person. I move with ease. Um, I'm a big believer in affirmations and not just saying the words, but actually beginning to see yourself in a new way. And when you do that, that person who always was told they were clumsy, if that person begins to see themselves as graceful, 
um, you know, know when they dance, they're not going to be too left feet. They're going to, you know, do a good job of it. Just having that confidence begins to change their life, begins to change their perceptions. Now, that's a very mundane example, but that's kind of what I mean by really examining what are the beliefs that one has about oneself, and are they true? Because sometimes yeah. they're just not. They're, they're, you know, our religion, our society, our culture, our, you know, our family members, our heritage, um, kind of, uh, we, we absorbed beliefs from all of these, and maybe they don't serve us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so agree. And one of those beliefs uh, is that we should always put other people before ourselves. Uh-huh. Glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, what happens is when you consistently um, don't follow your, your, well, I'll take a step back. When you consistently try to please all the people around you, what happens is over time you begin to be diminished. You begin to feel less about yourself. And this doesn't actually help anyone because if someone's hanging around you and you feel less of who you are, if you, if you don't feel strong and clear and viable and you are not in alignment with your authentic self, then you actually are a detriment not only to yourself, but you're a detriment to others. So in fact, by putting yourself first, everyone uses that example, you know, on the plane, give yourself oxygen first. It's really true because if you are vibrant and happy and joyous, that makes a huge contribution. Everyone's going to feel good and their energy is going to go up. If you demean yourself by not giving your, not respecting your wishes, your needs as much as the wishes and needs of others, your energy goes down and, and you actually have a negative input on people and impact on people. Yes. And, it, and one of the things that I would say too, in addition to that, is that we, we, we're faking it. We're, it's a lot, a lot of our, um, putting other people's people first, as we put it, although I don't even know how we can do that. But if we if we uh, put other people first, it's there's some pretense there, and sometimes buried under the pretense, there's some resentment, and yeah, they can and, really tell us things, can't they? And that resentment, it's like what, what do they say about resentment. Resentment's like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. I mean, it just it's so. Damaging, and all emotions are really biochemicals. And resentment is such a debilitating biochemical; it just surges through your body, and it kind of washes this negativity really over every cell. So, and the other thing that can happen too is passive aggressive behavior. So you're putting every someone's putting everybody else's needs first, but there's a place inside that this isn't fair, and so passive aggressive. Um, behavior, which is a form of resentment, again, it's like swallowing poison, hoping the other person, you know, feels some pain, but you're the person who's going to feel all the pain. You're the person whose immune system is compromised because of it. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I think, too, that, that, that inner debris, it's like those beliefs that tell us that it's right for us to put other people first, it's really hard for us to move beyond that right-wrong motif to say, okay, now wait a minute, I really need to take care of me. I need need to gently, lovingly find out who the me is and take care of her or him. And and, and a lot of times we add that, well, I I can take care of me as long as that's – 
you know, honing my tools so that I can take better care of other people. No, 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 no. You take care of you because that's all you got. That's all you really are. And, you know, there are times when I put other people first, but it, I do it out of a choice. Right. And, and when I'm doing it out of a choice, I don't feel it disempowers me. I don't feel it damages my immune system. I don't feel that it's inauthentic. It's like, I know if I did took one path, it would be easier for me. If I took another path, it would be harder. But taking that other path, it's harder or maybe not as much fun. Um, maybe it's going to have a positive impact on someone. So I choose it consciously rather than, than feeling like I have to, you know, that disease to please, rather than out of, you know, trying to get them to please me just because um, it feels like the right thing to do. So. There are times when I don't put other, you know, I don't put my needs first. I put other people's needs first, but it's a choice. And sometimes it's a need to put other people first. We have a need to say, I need to be able to be compassionate because my compassion is bigger than anything else I'm feeling right now. And that is authentic. Well, and you know what they've found about people who, this is interesting, it's just some research I read last week and I should have written it down, but they found that when people give to others, that actually their their um, all their vital signs go up. It's like the endor they have this huge rush of endorphins, much more than the person who receives. Mm-hmm. So it's in a way it's altruistic to to yourself to give because you get that big rush of endorphins. They say, yeah, that in fact the people who receive sometimes their um, endorphin levels actually goes down because. You know, if they're feeling like, well, is there something I have to give back, or am I lesser than? You know, if there's all, if there's kind of um, thoughts associated with receiving, and I thought that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is. You know, I... Sometimes putting putting others first is is selfish because because it makes you feel so good to do so. Well, and, and because it's genuine. <laughs> yeah, be- because it's genuine. Because it's not coming from some should. It's coming yeah. from something real inside of you that says, yeah, this is. This is really, I have a desire and a, a, a compassion to do this thing, and so I'm honoring those, those things inside of me. And I may yeah, be tired. That's a really I may good be physically... way of putting it because, yeah. you know, I, I am one of those people that does not believe leading your, living your life in accordance with the expectations of others, but I also believe that there's times to, to um, you know, step in, roll your sleeves up, and, and do whatever you can to help, and maybe... Maybe you'd rather be watching TV, but also what you said about there's also a need within each of us to develop compassion. There's a mm-hmm. need within each of us to be generous and to be kind. So maybe it, it, it feeds those needs as well. Yeah, and I would even go further to say that it, it, we don't just have a need to develop compassion. We have a need to discover the compassion that is in there. Oh, that's good. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so in that sense, what we're doing, and when you talk about the 28-day uh, journey to find and discover your authentic self, your that inner debris that you're talking about is is really all about belief systems. It's not about some. And this is what I hear, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because so many people get confused about what that debris is. We think it's some kind of negative, evil, even satanic force inside of us, and some people refer to it as ego, that is just this nasty guy inside of us, and we have to get rid of him. Hey, you know, it's, I think ego has got a bad rap, quite frankly, because I, I've got a big ego, and I love my ego. And yeah. 
And it's always surprising to me. The, the one comment I hear the most from people when they meet me is they say, oh, you're so humble. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? I've got a big ego. But I think I don't try to suppress my ego, and I just love my ego. I couldn't agree more. And I even define, I mean, I know that we, are, we classically define the ego as that part of us that is that can be proud or boastful or full of hubris. But, but I also think the ego is just a liaison between the inner and outer world. And without it, we're pretty lost between what's what on those two ends. So I, you know, we, we don't have to go there, but I guess what I'm thinking is that we, when we're talking about clearing out stuff from the inner self, we're not talking about some bad guy in within us. No. We're talking about our belief systems that tell us we're bad guys and we're yeah. not one we're, of the divine. Yeah, we're not doing exorcisms and we're not trying to destroy the ego. And I have lots of people who come to my seminars that want to lose their ego, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm thinking, really, why? <laughs> really, I agree so much. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think that is, it's so. I mean, we just splitting ourselves off even more and it's damaging to I think yeah, to some people. It's certainly. kind of love all parts of yourself and and I think the the path to wholeness there was this movie a, what was it called a jillion years ago called The Dark Crystal and there were the really good beings and the really bad beings. And the whole movie was this culmination of where the bad beings and the good beings were gonna meet for this, you know, the battlefield of the century. And what I loved was in the very last scene when the bad beans and the good beans got together, they merged and became one. Wow. One beautiful, radiant being. And I love that because I think what you, what you suppress and what you repress is what runs your life. And so if you love your, quote unquote, your bad self, you know, we, there's a, there's a selfish part of each of us. There's a, you know, there's there's a mad part of each of us, and and to try not to have those things in a way they they start to run you because they get it's like pu- trying to push a ball down in a swimming pool. The harder you try to push it down, the harder it tries to bounce up again. So mm-hmm. you just kind of yep, there that was a selfish thought, and just kind of have a gentle amusement at yourself. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's a great analogy too. And we're going to take a break in just a minute. So when we come back, I want to, I want to talk some more about that process of sort of, uh, how the soul gives rise to form in that regard where we're getting rid of inner debris and we're also putting our needs before everyone else's and, and giving soul form as it begins to align with the outer life. So that whole process is very well written about in your book. And again, I would encourage our listeners to read and buy and read that book because it really does offer you a, a, a good, some good work to do to get there. So, uh, uh, we're going to take a break in just a minute, and uh, we'll be back with more from Denise Lynn. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Are you looking for alternative sources of spiritual development? Listen every week for Exploring the Divine Within with host Patty Scrivens and her guest co-hosts. You'll be inspired to connect with the divine within yourself. 
We are all loved, and while we seek for it in different ways, the truth is that we are all looking for the same thing and doing the best that we can. When you understand that, you can embrace it. Feel a sense of calm and true joy. Tune into Exploring the Divine Within, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on 7th Wave. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with Great Spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back for the final segment today with Denise Lynn, author of uh, Soul Coach and Coaching and uh, 28 Days to Discover Your Authentic Self. So we were talking before the break about how we can put together the whole concept of uh, clearing the inner degree to with uh, giving the soul giving rise to form, and I. And I really love that uh, whole idea of giving rise to form because I think that's what we're here to do. And I, and, I, and I love the idea of clearing the inner debris as long as we know what it is that we're clearing. And we've sort of cleared that up in the last uh, segment. So with regard to the debris, it, do, tell me if I have this right, Denise, that, that we will we clear out those beliefs that keep us from understanding who we really are. Yeah, and also beginning to discover where they came from because I think that understanding is valuable. Like, how, where did this belief come from and does it serve me? And if it doesn't, knowing that there are strategies that anyone can use to, to, um, change beliefs. We tend to think that, you know, our beliefs are carved in stone, but they're not. We can actually change the beliefs that we have about ourselves. And, the, you know, if someone wakes up in the morning and thinks, I'm going to have a great day, they are much more likely to have a great day than the person who wakes up and believes it's going to be a terrible day. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, so those beliefs are really important. And so many of them are conditioned and programmed. So I'm a, I'm a big advocate of looking at them, clearing them out, and replacing them with some new empowering beliefs. Right, and that new empowering beliefs, let's talk about that for a minute because you mentioned affirmations and I've worked with a lot of people who've tried to um, pick up an external affirmation. Somebody else told them they should say this and they started saying it to themselves and they don't get any different, there's no change in their beliefs. So they're, uh, so we need to understand what you mean when you say affirmation. 
Well, there's there's some ways to do. I'm going to kind of put this in parts. If someone is doing affirmations, there's a way to make them much more effective. If you know someone's, let's say, working on abundance, maybe every one of their family was always poor. Maybe their family said, "Well, rich people are evil, or the only people that get ahead financially have done something bad, or you can't get to heaven if you have money." Those are all beliefs and family beliefs. And so, like. Let's say someone wants to change it, and they go, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. Well, the subconscious mind is going to go, no, you're not. You're in debt. You're about to lose your house. So so that's not a very good affirmation. An yeah. affirmation of I am, I am becoming more abundant each and every day. So the wording is important. So maybe, maybe you know, I'm becoming is true. If you say I'm wealthy, your subconscious, no, you're not. You're, you're about to go under. So another thing is to actually feel it. If if someone goes, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, but they feel like they don't feel that way, they are not. Nothing's going to change. They actually have to feel it. And I suggest using your body because when you when you use when you act as if 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 you drop your head, slump your shoulders, breathe in a shallow way. You're probably going to feel kind of down if you stand firm on both legs, put your arms into the heavens, look up and smile. You're probably going to feel good. So, because the body can shift the way you feel. So, if you are working on an abundant on, on abundance or any affirmation, is if you hold your body in a way that that gives you the feeling of that. I am strong, and my body is becoming stronger and stronger. If you stand feeling strong, visualizing yourself as strong, and I even use my voice. I, I think when you say the affirmation out loud, I'm becoming stronger and stronger each and every day. And, and I'll, you know, I've walked down Miami Beach hollering and high-fiving the sky, hollering my affirmation, and people say, oh, I could never do that out loud. Oh, sure you can't. You might have some people think you're weird, but that begins when you use your voice, your emotions, your body, and your beliefs. Then it can begin to change. But just, I'm stronger, stronger, stronger. Nothing. Nothing happens. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think with the last word you said there is, and, I, I, and you may disagree with me on this. If you, if you do, please do. But I, I think the last word you said, beliefs, is the first word in that paradigm yep. that... And that once is we... the second thing, because if you subconsciously, you are so accurate, if you subconsciously believe that it's not going to happen for you or you don't deserve it, no matter what you're conscious, what you say consciously, no matter what you do consciously, nothing will change. If yeah. you have that subconscious belief, if I get ahead financially, um, nobody will like me. If I get ahead financially, I have to do something bad to get there. Whatever that belief is, and you know, we're, the, if you do not shift those inner beliefs, it, no matter how much you, sh- you know, high five the sky or shout or feel it, visualize, it's probably not going to change. Yeah, and 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 the issue isn't necessarily always about change. It may be about acceptance, but the issue, yep. but the biggest deal is about being able to see who we really are. So if if who I really am is in tune with uh with my outer world then then what that means is my my authentic self can receive what my outer world presents and vice versa absolutely and i think the key to that is gratitude mm-hmm. when you are if someone is really unhappy with where they are it's really hard for it to change 
But when they find what's good, maybe there's some motivation, and, oh, this is bad, I'm going to change. But when you, it's so much easier to change when you are feeling a depth of gratitude for whatever is, understanding that every experience allows you to learn and to grow. When you are in that place, um, then it's so much easier to shift. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I think that, um, well, tell me this. How does meditation fit into this? Do you know, uh, um, I lived in a Zen Buddhist monastery for two and a half years, and and we would sit, the, the least amount of time I would sit would be four hours a day, and we sat up to 16 hours a day during session. So I've done a lot of meditation. But I think, I don't know that meditation is for everybody. <laughs> um, I think that, for some people, it's fabulous, just taking a few minutes or 20 minutes a day or even longer or even shorter just to be still is fabulous. But some people, it's simply a taking a walk in nature or, or simply you know, taking a run or, like there's so many, or petting the dog. There's so many ways to, enter, to find that quiet place within. So um, I don't know that meditation is the only way. It's a great way for some people, but I don't think it's right for everybody. Or the best okay. for everybody. Okay. Okay. So what you're saying there is that people can find their authentic self and their soul without even having to meditate. Yep. I have to say okay. that. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, I want to say that out loud. <laughs> you don't need to meditate. You can just you know, go outside and look at the stars for a minute at night and just inhale the stars and and the the sweet smell of the night air. I mean, even just doing something that makes you present. I think for me it's not so much about what you do, but it's taking a few moments every day just to be present with your life because we're either rehashing the past or thinking about the future. So whether it's meditation or maybe for some people it's just cooking, just being, you know, you're stirring and you're just being present with that soup that you're cooking of taking a few moments to be present. Presence. Um, I feel is is a reset button. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And presence is a mystery to some of us when we we live so far away from ourselves. We don't know what that means by presence. So that's why it's so very important to, to, to begin to clear that inner debris and let that soul rise up into form and, and, and begin to live from something more authentic. Is that, do I have that right? I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what I believe. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you know, um, as, you, as you said when you were talking about your near-death experience, what happened there was you, you got the insight of your experience in the, on the other side, but you also got the healing that went with that. And, and I think that is the paradigm that you've been talking about as we've talked today, that when we get, when we change our beliefs, we also get what comes with that change in physical form, in mental form, in emotional form, in spiritual form. We get that what comes with it. Would you agree Absolutely. with that? Yeah. And, and, and finding, and, and, and you can also plant new beliefs. It's kind of like planting spiritual seeds in the fertile soil of your soul. And, you know, sometimes the results doesn't, they don't happen overnight, but eventually those seeds will sprout, branch, flower, and bear fruit. And that fruit will be a deep inner belief, a subconscious belief. And those are the beliefs that really dictate your, your future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carl Jung said that everything we've created comes up from the unconscious. So I really believe that. 
All right, Denise, this has been wonderful. I've really enjoyed talking with you today, and thank you so much for participating in our show. I'm sure our listening audience has really benefited from that. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we're going to be coming back again next week, and so you don't want to stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.